Only legacy remains. Remember the name, how Jermaine Sterling. Uh, it ain't shit. It ain't shit. Motherfucker. All right, guys, so we got a special episode right here for you guys. Obviously, a lot of people have seen the stuff that John Anik has said in regards to the fan base being the lowest common denominator. Ah! <laughs> hey, John Anik, J.A., I don't think you were 100% wrong on what you said. Now, Steve, you can let me know how you feel. And I'm only saying that because I think you were trying to I think he was I think John was trying to explain the ranking of the fans in comparison to the owners, the athletes, um, the media. And I think he was trying to say out of everything, they are the lowest common denominator. I'm not saying that is correct, but in his opinion, that's kind of what I thought he was getting at. Not trying to say like I don't think he was trying to be malicious and saying like these guys are the lowest common denominators in like anything in life. I don't think it was like that. So I think people were trying to take that the wrong way and using that to try to exploit uh, an opportunity to be a Karen or a Dave. Sorry to all my Karens and Daves out there, but (laughs) let's just call it what it is. I think people were trying to be overly over the top, aggressive towards him and something that I think was just an honest assessment and not really him trying to be malicious, so to speak. Look, I don't want to rehash because I I don't think... uh... Anik wants to go overboard with it either. You know, I think he was just like, I think he said it too. He didn't expect this to go as uh, viral or as big as it did, you know, which unfortunately when you have a platform and a voice like he does, um, I think things like that just tend to get overblown a little bit. But I mean, you know, I mean, we were talking about this before with like the, how some fans were like attacking Moicano for his performance and stuff like that. Like, uh, I just don't even understand what people are even looking for these days. Like I even... What I think Andrew was referring to initially was just how people were attacking him for... He believed uh, Drake is Duplessis won, um, which, like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, how can you vehemently argue one way or the other? Like, I get it if you think Sean Strickland won. I get it if you think Drake is Duplessis won. But to be one... It's, like, to be, like, certain, like, man, Sean Strickland won that shit. I don't know how John A. It's like, dude, shut up. Shut up. Like, that's how I already know. Like, and again, I think that's what Annick's referring to, if anything else. Like, dude, you're, like... That's the lowest common denominator. That like, and not even I don't mean that just as a fan being the lowest common den- uh, lowest common denominator, but like that kind of fan is the lowest common denominator who just is talking shit for no reason. A guy who's probably never trained a day in his life is telling you a guy, someone who's been doing this his whole life, like, man, this guy one hundred percent for sure won. Like, all right, based on what? Like, explain to me your criteria of fighting based on your experience and tell me what you think. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it just that's where. I- and based on their rules, based on their rule set, because clearly the rules of what the judging criteria is doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what, like, no, I could see how Anik in that moment would just be like, man, fuck these motherfuckers, like, I'm, I'm over it for a little bit, you know, like, it gets, it gets a little dicey, and that's why, like, and I get it, like, uh, I know Rogan's always like, you know, you can't read the comments, but I know some guys do read the comments, you know, some guys have the time, and, you know, it is what it is, <laughs> that's what I say, it is Posted what it is. Posted and ghosted. No, post it and know it. <laughs> as long as you can, as long as you can't get riled up by that stuff, like you can't, like these guys are that in that sense, they're the lowest common denominator. You can't let these guys rile you up and actually get to you like that. Like it's one thing if someone's making a valid criticism, like, hey, John, you know, 
I think the way you scored it, I think it should you should really relook at how this guy did this, or maybe relook at this round and see what you know. To me, that's actually a considerate, and you know, it's something you're actually thinking about to be like. Man, Anik don't know shit. Yeah, he should have fucking shorted for Strickland because I like Strickland. Nah, it's just not right. That's annoying. Yeah, I just feel like they're just spitting venom any way that they can. And because you have a voice, in some weird way or fashion, you could go on other people's platform and voice your opinion whether it's right or wrong. And I don't think it's... um. I mean, John's saying that he, he doesn't know how much longer he's going to be in the MMA space. Like, damn, it's, it's like it sucks to hear that because he's one of the good ones. And one of the guys who appreciates the art and the sport, and I, I love that about him. I think that makes it fun when the commentators are into the sport, know what they're talking about, making effort to know what they're talking about, making effort to give these guys shine. And I think Jay does all those things. So it's kind of unfortunate to see him get the short end of the stick on this because people are trying to mince and twist his words to fit some narrative um, that they want to drive because they feel like being angry at J.A. for his opinions um, because they disagree with the decision-making or however they want to try to justify it. At the end of the day, a close fight is just that. It's a close fight. I mean, I had a fair share of that with the Jan fight and the Henderson Udo fight. People were like, oh, the fight was close. You barely won. I'm like, but but did I win? But did I win? Uh, that's where you start spitting some venom at these guys, man. Uh, so um, it's tough. It's a it's a unforgive unforgiving position to be in sometimes, and um, I'm not quite sure what he does with that after this. But uh, I think he's made his statement, cleared it all up, and sometimes that's just how it goes. And like, I mean, I would ask you, uh, especially you know, you've been involved in the sport forever, like. Do you think uh, you think the fan base has shifted? I don't know if it's the same for every sport, but I would just say, like in my opinion, I think the fan base has kind of shifted a little bit over the years. Uh, how would you feel about that? When you what say shifted, shifted, what like, like what, what exactly do you mean? Um, what is that thing? Uh, what, what do you mean by that? No, no. no. Uh, also, how about this? Like, <laughs> I think, and even you, you might even it? you might even say it about the competitors in the sport too nowadays. But I would say definitely, as a fan, I think especially. Early on in the sport, like I probably, I mean, I was watching, I would say like starting like 2008-ish, maybe like 2007, 2008. It was a very niche sport. Like I don't think many people were watching it, so you had to, I feel like, really be into fighting uh, to be watching it at that time, like because it wasn't necessarily that easy to find all the time. Um, nowadays, I think, yeah. dude, you fucking see it on Insta, like it's on Sports Center, it's on major platforms, it's on ESPN, uh, like. You got every guy at the fucking grocery store asking you about the fights on the weekend. You're like, what is going on? Like, it's very, to me, it's very different. It's it's very, it's in this way, it's good because I think it gives a lot more people opportunities, it gives a lot more people, a lot more fighters money too, uh, puts more money in their pockets. But it's a lot more accessible um, than I feel like it's ever been. Um, but I would say because it's so accessible, in a lot of ways, I feel like people can almost say or think whatever the fuck they want, whether it has any validity whatsoever. And as someone that's involved in the sport, it's mind-numbing and actually, again, I, that's why I mean when I can say I could understand where Andy's coming from. You're like, who the fuck do you think you are like talking like this? Like, that's insanity. Like, there's a lot of guys that are just saying things that I'm just like, come on, man. That's just, just because you watch the sport every other weekend, you think you have any idea what the fuck is going on? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, it's almost disrespectful to the guys who, again, like a guy like John Anik, who's there every weekend, who's in day in, day out, 
who's putting it the who's putting in the times or fighters like there's like a lot of fighters out there who put in the hours put in the actual blood to get the opportunities to say what they or get the uh in my opinion the right to say what they want to say you know like for a lot of these guys who just throw their opinions out there i'm like you don't get to have an opinion yet respectfully like you just it's not right to the guys who put their time in in my opinion yeah um so is the question has things changed uh maybe with social media with the access that we have to the to the fans and the fans that have access to us because it's so much easier compared to like the NBA, uh the NFL, NH, uh NHL, all these other sports, MLB, like they don't these organizations they don't give like this type of access to the fans where you could just literally walk up to us in a goddamn hotel room while I'm cutting weight and shove a camera in my face and say, "Hey bro, let's take a picture." That doesn't it doesn't happen anywhere else. Don't get me wrong. The fans pay the bills. But to at what point, what extent does that entitlement start to feel like it's a bit too much and a bit overbearing where you feel like you have the ability to say, do, and get anything that you want from these athletes just because you watch. Just like because you bought a ticket to the NBA doesn't mean you get to run on the court and shake the hands of the players. It, it doesn't quite work like that in other organizations. We're the only sport, and I like this, that we're the only sport that has this availability, but I just wish people would appreciate it for what it is and give a little bit more respect for how fortunate they are to be able to have that access. You know how cool it would be to... to to shove a camera on LeBron James' face and be like, yo, bro, take a picture with me real quick. Yo, that ain't happening. You're probably banned from the arena. You know what I mean? So I think people should kind of step back and reflect a little bit and be like, man, we're we're fortunate that we have this access. And there are, there are some really good fans out there and some other ones that just feel like they deserve and earn everything. I'm just like, because what, you bought a ticket? I'm just really confused. What gives you all that? But um, with the other fans who are super respectful, and even when they come to these fan meetups and these meet and greets, they acknowledge and they let us know how humble they are that they get the opportunity to meet us because not any other sport or organization allows this to happen for the players who are some of the top of the top. And I, I think that's the best way to put it for people to understand. And uh, I just wish they don't take it for granted and realize that we are also people just like them. So that that's... um. That is the one thing. Like even, even today, like my fiance always tells me, like yo, sometimes you she feels like I'm a little bit weird with the people that come up to me, and I'm like, yeah, babe, because I've had really weird experiences with the fans during that whole PDON saga, and from that day, I didn't put it past anyone that they might just do some weird shit in public because I'm right there. I don't walk around with security and all these things, right? So. What are the odds that this person might feel like they, because they might be bigger than me, that they could try to take advantage and, and do something weird or assault me or something like that? So I'm always on like a little bit on a guard, man, because I'm just like, yo, I, I just never know when I might need to be ready because someone might just do some dickhead shit. And that's just the way the game is. And you just never know, man. You just don't know attentions, uh, intentions, I should say, of people. And I think for my own safety, for my fiance's safety, my family's safety, whoever I'm with, my friends, you got to always, always make sure I'm on my, my P's and Q's because you just don't know, man. People know you. You don't know them. I don't even know if they know me. 
I walk into places when there's hundreds, thousands of people, and it, it gets a little scary sometimes. It gets a little overwhelming because I had a lot of threats. I had a lot of things where I'm just like, yeah, bro, I don't know what's real and what's not. So when you approach me and I'm at an arm's length and I'm like, yo, I like I don't want to be this close to you because I'm worried about what you might do. I have no idea. You could be just chill as fuck or you could be a completely just toxic dickhead that's just looking for clout and try to do something. So I, I try to make sure I'm I'm always mindful of those situations because, again, I people are people and people are always going to be bad people in the world and you just try to make sure that you don't give people too many opportunities to do those things. And, of course, what comes with the territory, you got to take pictures with people. People want to see you. And if you tell people no, you don't want to get close to them, like – then it starts to get around, oh, this person's an asshole. He wanted to take a picture. He thought he was too cool for school. It, it gets weird, man. It gets really, really weird. And um, sometimes I think the UFC needs to realize the dangers that they could potentially put us in because of the accessibility that we have with the fans. And I, I feel like sometimes it's a sense of entitlement, um, respectfully. I mean, like you said right there, like entitlement, I think uh... – no, I think there's a sense of entitlement for a lot of fans. And again, like, it, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Like, just because you can get a picture with a guy or, you know, you can't put your phone in front of a guy's face, it doesn't mean you should. Like, you should be able to read the situation. Like, um, again, I remember when Brian Ortega uh, was at her gym for the Long Island fights. You know, the guy's fucking dying, cutting weight. You can he, you can see he's struggling. And, like, some, oh, of the no. guy, some of the guys at the gym are like, Steve, can I, ask, can I take a picture? I'm like, absolutely not. Like, definitely don't fucking ask the guy right now to take a picture. Like, <laughs> if the guy's chilling and sitting in the chair... And, like, you know, you can see he's actually, like, somewhat comfortable. Then I could maybe justify it. But you see this dude on the ground, of like, on border of death right now, and you're going to ask him for a picture? Get that shit? Like, nah, I don't want to be around that. You know, like, even, again, I'm a Brian Ortega fan, too. But, like, you got to be able to read those situations. Like, you know, for example, you, you're in a restaurant. You're sitting with Rebecca. You guys are eating dinner or something like that. Again, you got to be able to read the situation. Be like, hey, Ajo, I don't want to ruin your dinner. Can, do you mind if I take a picture with you after or whenever you guys are done? Like, would that be, would that be so no, terrible? Try, try Aljo, I don't want to ruin, ruin your dinner, dinner, but can, can we take, take a, a picture? picture? And I'm just, and I'm just like, like, so you so want to ruin, ruin my dinner? Which one is it? You don't want to ruin it? When you guys are done with dinner, can we, like, get a picture afterwards? And just be like, you can just be like, yeah, like, go take a seat. Like, I think that's more reasonable. Like, and again, like, I know Longo always says it too. Like, there's going to be a time when no one's going to ask you for your picture. And I think that's when it's going to be a little worse. You know, I think that's when it gets a little upsetting too. Uh, I don't know how you're going to feel about it. I don't know you're you're fucking wired different. But like for example, you know, Marcus Davis, he was at the uh, amateur fights I was at last night. I don't know if any fan listening right now remembers who Marcus the Irish Hand Grenade Davis is, but like I remember when I was coming out. I do. Yeah, no, he was he was in some fucking barn burners. He was in some banger fights, and I was just I was a fan just of his fight style, the way he fought, the way he carried himself, and. Uh, I went up to him and was like, hey, Marcus, you know, I'm a huge fan. Can I get a picture? And he, he, he seemed genuinely like, he's like, oh, hell yeah, of course, man. Let's go. And, you know, I'm sure he hasn't heard that in a while either. So just to, I think he was like, man, that's that's pretty cool. That I think he even was kind of like, it's cool that even people remember me at these events. And I'm like, oh, 100%. Like, uh, my other buddy, Soli, he was the same thing. He was like, dude, the fucking, that's an Irish hand grenade. That's awesome. And, you know, I think for us, it's still cool to be around those guys, you know? Yeah. Um. I had a thought. I, I just lost it, but um, I I was trying to figure out the ways to describe it, but um, yeah, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. But I, I again, I don't want people to think that I'm complaining because I'm not complaining. It's just when it comes to a safety standpoint, 
you kind of have to pick and choose because I've grown up in a rough neighborhood. Um, the neighborhood I moved to was a little bit better, but it was also rough at the time, very gang-related, prevalent in, at the at the time period uh, with my brother being involved, um, my dad not doing such great things with uh, the way he was making money. So with that said, like, you're always on edge, man, and I think people forget, like, we are not all the same, and sometimes we are wired differently and we react differently. Yeah, so forgive me for trying to be very cognizant of my surroundings. Like, even when I go out and I drink and I go to some of these places, like, I don't feel, like, comfortable. Like, yeah, I'll drink and I'll I'll get loose, but even while I'm drinking, I'm still, like, my head's on a swivel turning because I just, I'm just wired like that. Like, I, I don't know how to completely just let go unless I'm at my house. I could play my music. Uh, maybe it's a couple of friends and maybe it's just me by myself. And that's the only time I generally do feel like I could be completely free. And some people might say, oh, that's just insecurities. Like people just find weird excuses to say something because they're different. I'm like, because you're different, cool. What do you want, a fucking cookie? What do you want, a cookie? You want a cookie because you're different and you think because the way I handle things are not adult enough for you? Shut the... Bro, I was going to say find some traffic to play in, but you know what? Um, I'm not going to be completely toxic, but this is, this is me. This is people think I'm like putting on a show. I'm not putting on a show for nobody. I'm me every single day. I don't need to act. Sometimes I'll do some little funny stuff, but you know, that's just me. I, I just like to, I like to have fun when I can, you know, but insecurity, I think would be the right. I mean, everyone just brought up different. I don't even know. Again, I don't mean that in a good or a bad way. Everyone, some guys are brought up fucking very very nice cushy lifestyles they don't have to worry about anything and that's again that's there's nothing wrong with that either you know if you have kids and you you know you want your kids to grow up and you know feel somewhat comfortable you know i don't want to say too comfortable but somewhat comfortable you know but uh there's negatives and upsides to everything like again like even me yeah. like every time i go to a restaurant i definitely i never have my fucking back to the door like it's just things like that like chelson had said you know i don't want i can't let you get close like i still feel very uncomfortable <laughs> in crowded places like i don't like having people that close to me it just again it is what it is like just how you're kind of brought up in certain ways whether it's a good or yeah. a bad thing yeah again at least uh, for me at least i'd rather be prepared than not and for other people it's like hey they can be more comfortable in public settings good for them you know i'm fine not necessarily being as comfortable but being you know having my head on a swivel and being aware of my surroundings i mean it, it must be nice to be that relax where you can go places and not have to think about anything because maybe no one gives a shit or because you just feel like everyone is exactly the same. And I mean, I, even Jake and I, we've had conversations about that and I had to kind of let him know about certain things, like certain things you just cannot do because there are people out there that man looking for a lick any way that they can and you do not want to be that mark bro you just do not want to be that person and sometimes it happens i was at the gym and i uh, started to cut you off there was uh i have a buddy his family's from was it italy or spain and they just visited him for the very first time first time in the u.s first time in uh in the country and they went out to new york city uh, he said within 10 minutes they got robbed. He said, <laughs> I'm like, then they got the real New York experience. But like, of course, they're probably looking around, you know, tourists taking pictures. Like, I get there was some motherfucker looking right there like, oh, yeah, this is an easy one today. Like, let's go, boys. Yeah. And then just 
Now they took it. Now said, you're in New York. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it sucks because, like, <laughs> they're probably very nice people, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you got to be ready. It just, it is what it is. Like, unfortunately, some people weren't. And again, I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing, but you should have your head on a swivel always, in my opinion. Trust me, that experience has been ruined. That New York experience has been ruined for them. Just with, of course, everything else had could be good, but that alone is something that's going to stick out whenever they tell a story to anybody. Oh, my travel to New York was great, but I got robbed <laughs> right the right off of Penn Station. Like, oh man, look at that! And here's my wallet. It's done. That sucks. <sighs> that's tragic. Yeah, I feel bad for them. No, I felt bad, but um, I'm glad they got the real New York experience. So, yeah. <laughs> um, switching gears, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm. We didn't really get to touch base on this. This should be a really good fight. My only thing with this, can Kayla Harrison make 135 pounds? I don't know. Even Holly Holm, I think her stipulation was like, if she doesn't make the weight, we don't fight, which is a, a fair. Up front, in, in the, the contract. contract. Yeah, look, I get it. It's 100% fair, but damn, this is, I mean, I think uh, I think Kayla's a heavy favorite, like a decent-ish favorite. I, I just couldn't be that confident in her based on all these things. You know, first fight in the UFC. Uh, she's never really fought a fighter like Holly Holm. I don't think she's fought anyone kind of at that level, quite frankly. And her first time down. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, first time down at 135. You know, like, uh, did she fight Aspen Ladd? Did, is that, oh, that did happen, right? But that, <laughs> did that go to the decision? Yeah, yeah, I was I was, I was kind of, of making. I'm even thinking about that though. She fought Aspen Ladd. I think that fight went she to decision. Know. Like, I'm I'm saying if Holly Holm's a heavy underdog, I'm about to put some money on Holly Holm. Aspen Ladd's a uh, 35er though. Um, had some trouble making weight though. So to be fair, I just don't think she's a natural 145er. But that seems to me to be one of the toughest tests for Kayla Harrison outside of uh, the girl she lost to Pacheco. But other than that, I, I, I don't know how this matchup is going to go. Holly Holmes got really good footwork, um, really good kiosk. Um, <laughs> and with that said, if Kayla can't get a hand on her to get the takedown, I think she runs away with it. But we saw Holly Holmes make that crucial mistake in the clinch, pushing up uh, Myra Buena Silva against the cage. She got caught with that ninja choke. Boom! Finito. You only get, you know, you get one. Like, I think if they rematched again, I honestly think Holly Holm, you, you only get one of those. Like, come on. Like, I think everyone, you should know that game now. Like, I just can't leave my head there. Like, um, that's, that's it. it. And I think Holly Holm, she always was like a physical tank. So I'm not, I mean, I'm sure Kayla, if she grabbed her, like, she's still going to um, have the advantage. But it's never like Holly Holm's, I've never really seen her out-muscled really in the fights. Even when the first time she fought Ronda, or when they fought, um... I remember the first few times they got into a clinch situation. I was like, oh, wow, Holly, she definitely was able to hold her own in those positions. So uh, it's a, that's a tough fight for Kayla. Yeah, Holly's strong, bro. She like, a, she like strong like a kangaroo strong. She like. It looks like the Nate Diaz kangaroo thing, you know? Like, now she... I'm not, I'm not calling her a kangaroo, guys. Don't be an asshole. I'm just saying she's just strong. Kangaroos are freaking strong. Yeah. How old is she? Let me look. I think she's like 41 now or 40. Maybe I just made that up. <laughs> um, Holly Holm age. 
Uh, 42. Oh, I was close. 42. Yeah, bro. That's up there. It's up there. So, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be a tough one regardless. Because um, Kayla's, Kayla's pretty solid. I mean, but not a great striker. I mean, she could get better, but if it's just a striking match, boxing pedigree, kickboxing pedigree of Holly Holm should be enough. She just she can't go pushing her against the cage, trying to hang out or kill the clock because that's not that's not a good recipe for success, in my opinion, against a girl like Kayla who's got good judoka throws, foot sweeps, reaps, and things like that. She's not going to shoot for the legs, but she could hit sweeps and stuff like that. So. Holly's got to be smart, and I think she's just got to be on her P's and Q's with her footwork. If she could use footwork for 15 minutes, I think she skates to a victory in that one. I agree with that. And last but not least, Dustin Poirier versus St. Denis is finally official. Before it was official, but not really because contracts weren't signed and agreements were made. Managers weren't talked to. What's the deal with that? Like, I don't understand how that works. You know, what? Uh, what's going on with that? What's that mean from, um, with Diddy and the guy from, uh, whatever with the stars when he's, the guy's like this? Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Diddy's just like, <laughs> so angry, like, yo, what are you on right now, my boy? <laughs> he was so mad with him. I thought that was hilarious. That's Dana White um, right now. That's just like, he's not, he's not finding yeah. this funny at all. This is, uh. That was an interesting one, you know. I don't again. I don't know. Look, I wasn't. I, I don't think anyone actually knows what exactly happened, unless you know you talk to the managers themselves and you talk to the UFC. But um, that's one of those. Like I, it's interesting to see how contract negotiations kind of play out in public. I think that's always really interesting. And again, you kind of saw it the day before with uh, Sean Brady. Um, I know he pulled out of his fight with Vincente Luque, but he didn't really pull out of the fight. Because he was never well, in said, the fight. You pull out if you were never in that's it. That's what I'm saying. Like that's like I hate that the fans like, again. Like Leandro was saying, the fans are attacking this guy. Like, why was this fight announced? Like this fight was never official. You know, you guys are. This guy, like, <laughs> they're doing. Uh, they're Can you pull out if you were never in it? Oh man. And again, it's the same thing for Poirier. People are shitting on Poirier. Like, oh man, like this guy's ducking. This guy, like. Never accepted the fight. Like, I don't even understand. Like, what are we, what are we criticizing this guy for? We're attacking the wrong organization here at the moment. But I, I don't want to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to attack anyone right now. But it just is what it is. Like, it's just annoying that people at the highest level even have to deal with something like this. Like, yeah. Again, like Tom Brady's uh, not going to. Maybe do it. it was some contract negotiations that weren't yet finalized, and maybe now they're finalized. Uh, so, I mean, of course, I could speak on a little more detail of what that can be. But if I had a gun and I shot myself in the foot, that just would be so silly, you know? So I'm just not going to do that. I'm just not going to do that. But with that being said, yeah, I, I would say there's probably some of the contract stuff that needed to be sorted out, and maybe now it's finally officially sorted out. And it's a good fight, man. So regardless, I think this is a fun fight for the fans, but I think people need to understand that what goes on behind the scenes is a lot more work that people probably realize it's not just hey they offer you a fight you just sign a contract there's other things that play money um fight date location there's a whole bunch of other things and stuff that comes with it um and some people of course payday you just never know man it's just 
a never ending uh, experience, I guess. That's for lack of better words that I could use for people to kind of understand. So I'm glad the fight's being made, though. I think this is a good winnable fight for Dustin or a good coming out party for St. Denis. So St. Denis, hey, it's not very often that these top five guys come out of the, the 55-pound division and fight backwards. So this is St. Denis' opportunity of a lifetime to change his life. And this is Poirier's opportunity of a lifetime to stay in that title shot conversation. And if he can get a win over here against a surging prospect like St. Denis, it puts him right back in the driver's seat and maybe one or two fights away from a title shot again or just a right opportunity away. Because I would imagine Islam fights one or two more times than he retires, and that could open up a spot for a vacant title situation if he retires with the belt. But, of course, that depends on what happens with Gaethje and Holloway. Um, who's the other one? There was another one in that division. Um, I mean, Gamrot, but Gamrot's got a fight coming up. So there's no real, like, clear-cut contender. Oliveira and Sarukian, that's who it was. Oliver and Saryukian. So there's a couple of potential rematches on the horizon. So we'll see what actually opens up. So again, if Islam was to beat one or two of those guys, there's an opportunity that he put, he possibly just retires, calls it a day, and says, I'm out. I'm going to be like my man's Khabib and go chill and get fat. Um, fat in a good way. Not like saying Khabib is like, oh, disgusting. But I know people go, why you call him fat brother? Khabib not fat brother. You disrespect Dagestan. Shut up, bro. I like Khabib. Why do people think that just because we say something, we criticize, we got to hate the guy. We don't hate the guy. No, you He's must, a freaking OG. Now you must speak about saying, Khabib with only respect or else everyone in Dagestan will, will hate you. Hey, we have a saying in the States, when you retire, you get fat and happy. Khabib is retired and he's, let me not call him fat. Let me say he's big and happy. How about that? DC looks big and happy. There's a lot of guys that look big and happy. You know, you got to enjoy yourself after you're done. I think that's fair. And there's nothing wrong with that. 100%. Um, oh, yeah, with that said, I'm looking forward to this fight with St. Denis. We'll see what happens. It's nice when these guys in top five. I got this ice cube in my mouth. Um, <laughs> when these guys actually fight outside the top five, man, it's a very rare thing, so... People should be happy and excited about this fight because you got Sharyukian trying to break in. You got St. Denis trying to break in. Um, Gamrot, I think he's right there on the cusp. And then uh, who else? Is anybody else I'm thinking off the top? I mean, Dan Hooker is still right there because of a big win over Jalen Turner. Now, Jalen Turner, after beating Bobby Green, is back in the mix. I'm not saying they're next in line, but they're back in the mix. No, 55 so is always back. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, with that said, Jake, please make sure you, you look for a pause moment, break, and insert the John Anik clip because we need people to hear and get context with that. Um, other than that, guys, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys soon. We look forward to breaking down the next fight, uh, Joe Pfeiffer versus Jack Hermanson. We'll see you guys later this week. Stay black. <laughs> Stay Korean, stay black, stay American, baby. Let's go.